Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shall we begin? Let's begin now. Hi, I am Cynthia Cooper. Name to the Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame, and you're listening to Dishin' and Swishin'. Hi, everybody. It's David Siegel, and we're going to slip in an extra edition and swishing podcast this week for the finals because it's imperative that we get you as much information as we possibly can, and that includes talking to the head coach of the Minnesota Lynx, and that's Cheryl Reeve. Coach, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, David. It's good to be on. It's a great time of year. I appreciate your interest in, in wanting to disseminate so much information and get people talking about it, interested, and give them an in-depth look I you know I think it was neat to have uh, players on uh, you know to kind of get their perspective and uh, so this is great I, we appreciate it well let's start right away with something that is a little off the off the court and I wanted to talk to you about something that I think that you have been tremendous at and that is pushing for the inclusion of more media coverage and getting more coverage for women's sports period and even though you know you're in the midst of the most important time of the season for you, and your team is obviously you know keeping you very busy, you have still taken the social media and really been pushing the fact that the Lynx needs to get local coverage and the women's sports in general need to get national coverage. So I, I want to talk a little bit about that. And you know, could you tell me where specifically you know where did this start up with you? Where did you start really taking note of what's been going on and, and feeling that it was time? now in particular to bring this up? Well, you know, I think throughout the course of uh, my time here in, in Minnesota, uh, going from a team that, um, you know, was, was just mildly successful, if you will, to a team that was wildly successful, and um, we didn't see much change in the coverage. We didn't see much of an increase in our local uh, TV deal with FSN. Um, and, and so, you know, just... You try to be patient. You try to work through it. You try to work with and try to collaborate uh, with your local media. Uh, we have made ourselves available. Uh, you know, we had off-season, um, you know, lunches and, and said, hey, what can we do? You know, let's, let's talk about this. You know, how can we give you more access? And, you know, and it's just, I think through the years, and, you know, and the responses you get, the first response you get is, uh, well, of course, winning is important. And, my reaction to that is, well, it must not be important because I'm I'm watching news coverage, sports news coverage of teams that don't win uh, here locally. You know that was that was occurring, and then and certainly nationally. So winning is not um, the criteria unless it's for women. And and so it, it's um, you know it's one of those things that you start to notice, and you know it kind of grates on you, and and then you just kind of get to the point where. You know, you feel a responsibility. I'll be really honest with you. I, I feel a responsibility uh, to kind of make it known that because I think a lot of it is people. It's the same old behaviors, and maybe they don't know it. You know, maybe they. Well, this is this is what it's always been. This is this is the norm. We don't cover women, 
You know, we, we've actually decreased coverage of women, um, you know, from the time, you know, gosh, you know, the, the, the early 90s, you know, where it was, I believe it was at, at, a, at a high of, say, you know, 4 or 5%. You know, we're 2 to 3%. The coverage, as interest has grown and participation has grown, we've actually declined in coverage. And, um, and I, I think I've learned kind of why and, you know, the root of it. And, you know, I just, um, as you know, social networking is a way to kind of shine the light. And, uh, you know, I just feel like it's a responsibility that I have is to use my voice. And, and we need to do better. I mean, why would, you know, why would you cut off a sector of your business? It just, it just doesn't make sense, you know. Because if you think about it, if you, if you cover, for example, the links or any women's sport, you know, in a market, and you create that interest because that is part of it, you know, an awareness for the product, and you're on, and, you know, you're on, uh, you know, nightly, and there's, you, you could click on links, multiple links, and read about it. You can, you know, open the paper, you know, nearly every day and read about it. People are going to start coming to the games, you know, because it must be important if you're covering it. It's a window to the world, and, you know, that window to the world should show that, you know, women and men are playing sports. And so, you know, that idea that, that you know, for, for that women's coverage uh, to not be um, what it deserves, it just, you know, for me, it just kind of reached that peak of, you know, and it's unacceptable, and we need to do better. Well, I think that what you've said is exactly right, and you are correct, because, you know, going all the way back to when I first got started watching women's basketball in, you know, 95 area, you know, that was why, because every day I turned on my news and saw UConn, and every day I picked up the paper and read about UConn and said, gee, this is something, you know, that I have to watch. I want to see more about this and see what's going on. And you're absolutely right. You deal with a team, especially a team like yours, that A, has dynamic personalities, plays an up-tempo and exciting game, and is extremely accessible. I mean, some people, you know, being in the media, I get the emails from the team that tell me where you're going to be and what you're doing and all these events. And your, your team is everywhere. And there's no excuse not to cover it in the Minnesota area. I mean, especially when the Twins are playing the way like the Twins play during the summer and they're getting daily coverage. So, uh, you know, thank you very much for taking the stand and being out there like you did. So, so yeah, I, I appreciate it. I think, you know, more than anything for me, I'm, I'm a huge sports fan. I'm okay with covering the Twins and the, and the Vikings and the Wolves and the Wild. And, you know, it, we're a community. You know, we, you know we, we kind of all root for each other. My thing, it doesn't have to be either or. Right. It should be and. And I think that what we see is an antiquated mindset of some decision makers that, um, you know, just like we see women in business, you know, women in the workplace, you know, the challenges exist. I mean, there's, there's a mindset that women are inferior. And that's what we want to work to change. We want to be treated as equals. Uh, we have a lot to offer. Um, you know, successful businesses have women at the top leading them. Um, and so, you know, I think that's all part of it is just changing the minds and, and saying we don't accept this anymore. And, and uh, again, you know, that's why I always tell you how much we appreciate what you're doing because you're helping us shine the light on our products. And, and uh, you know, and like I said, it, it just, the coverage should match the interest. When 40% of all participants in sport are girls and women, then that should reflect that in the coverage. Two to three percent, you know, of, of media coverage uh, does not match the interest. Um, and so that's, that's the biggest thing that we're pushing for. Sounds great. So let's talk about that team and getting the – and you had commented to me when we picked up the phone that you had the largest turnout 
of any po- any practice uh, session thus far today, and uh, that just talks about how this series is going to be and people that are looking forward to it. So, yeah, you know, I, I think that's uh, that's fair to say. Um, you know, there's, there's a great deal of interest, and you know, I think there was some conversation about the the playoff format. You know that you know the playoff format led to this type of excitement uh, that pit you know the number one and number two teams in terms of record and statistics. Uh, and so from that end, it's, it's exciting. Um, you know, I think that, you know, obviously everyone's looking forward uh, with great anticipation is, you know, what's going to happen, you know, in the series. You know, um, I think I heard Suberg in an interview say that it's, a, you know, first time in a long time I'm really looking forward to tuning in, you know, and it's, it's going to be compelling TV. So, um, so hopefully it'll be a great series. Okay, so let's so let's get into some of that a little bit now. So, you know, first question is is everybody healthy? Uh, Janelle missed out for most of the last series. Is she going to be available? Uh, and is she close to a hundred percent? Yeah, I mean the back spasms are, you know, that, that's a challenging thing. You know, from a from a day to day, you could you could actually feel really good one day, and then the very next day it'd be it'd be different, but. You know, I think by and large on the season we've we've uh, avoided any any real problems with it. So this is the re- first real extended uh, time that that she's missed because of it. And uh, she practiced full today uh, after having a couple days off and and you know off from basketball, but certainly you know involved heavily in physical therapy and trying to strengthen the core, strengthen the area around it. And, and uh, you know, like I said, she didn't miss anything today. You know, so she was out there. It's just a matter of how does it respond. So, but we expect we expect to have the Cardinals. Well, that's good because this is certainly, you know, I'm one of those people that always likes the post, and the guards always seem to get the attention most of the time. And in this case, we we have some outstanding posts coming into this with the with Parker and Neca, and of course Brunson and Fowles and Janelle and Jantel. Uh, this this may be the best group of posts in the finals that I think I've ever seen. And I think that a lot is going to be, a lot of what happens is going to be based on how they all perform. Oh, for sure. You know, the MVP in Adumake, um, you know, obviously Parker, you know, has had, has, a, has had a great season as well. So there's kind of a duo of those two. It's, it's uncommon in our league to have both those spots at such a high level. And that, that obviously is what poses uh, challenges. And, oh, by the way, here comes Lavender off the bench, too, who's really good as well. Uh, so no question about it that, you know, and, and, you know, we have our post, post, uh, group that, uh, that, that we like that, you know, that, you know, still got defensive player of the year. Uh, Brunson draws, um, you know, defensive assignments that put us in position to, 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 you know, kind of create some disruption, um, that we'd like to do. So it, it's really going to be interesting. It's going to be a test of wills, you know, put, you know, pitting the, you know, the post groups against one another. And then, you know, then obviously the, you know, the, the guard groups are not bad either. That's for sure, and one of the things that has me the most excited about these playoffs is because you know how much I love watching Lindsay play, and the fact that Lindsay has clearly been so much healthier than she was last year at this time just you know makes for much more exciting basketball because the way that she can you know push the ball and change tempos and use her physicality and you know, it's going to be fun to watch her go in and uh, try and inflict her will on uh, the L.A. defense. Yeah, uh, you know, and L.A.'s defense, you know, certainly understands. And I, I think most teams understand how important Lindsay is 
uh, you know, to our game, our overall game. And so she's had a lot thrown at her, um, you know, this season in terms of different schemes and, you know, trying to pressure her, you know, kind of cut off the head, so to speak. And, and so I think all those moments have served her well in terms of the knowledge that she's gained uh, going into this series because there's no question that that has been a strength of L.A.'s. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, creating pressure at different points. Um, you know, certainly, you know, Lindsay was, was a target, uh, in the regular season. I suspect they would continue to go down that path. And, uh, but Lindsay feels great, you know, both physically and mentally and, and has a, a great bounce in her step. And, uh, she had an unbelievable, uh, few days of practice going into the Phoenix series, you know, in that time that we had off. I mean, she was so good and I thought, you know, if she plays anything close to this, we're going to be just fine, you know, because she was really playing at a high level, and you saw that in the, in the Phoenix series. Um, you know, and then obviously now the, uh, you know, the, the final series of the season, you know, we'll have to see if she can continue to play at that level. Well, you know, everybody talks about how you've got such a deep bench and that everybody, uh, you know, from 1 to 11 is, you know, a quality player, you know, like no other team. But, you know, I know how you coach when it gets to the this time of year, like all good coaches, and that bench gets a lot shorter. So, uh, you know, while that's going to be an important factor that, of course, they have to play well, I think what's going to be a bigger factor is going to be can you keep everybody on the court in terms of foul trouble. And uh, I guess my question to you is, have you ever before coached in a 54-foul game? <laughs> uh you know, the first half down in Atlanta in the regular season, they shot 29 free throws. So I don't know how many fouls were called in that game, but it was a lot. Uh, but not not an appealing thing for a playoff game for sure. So, um, you know, I think the players players needed to, to do better. And then obviously I think if you were to talk to the officiating, um, you know, the head of officiating, I think that, uh, you know, they would tell you that it wasn't, wasn't their, their finer moment. But um, it happens. You know, it happens. And it's... it's uh, I think by and large, I think that uh, I can't speak for all the coaches, but I've I've actually enjoyed um, seeing some of the changes and progress that they're trying to make uh, on that end, and and uh, and so I'm, you know, I can tr- we're going to try to control what we can control, and officiating is not one of those things. Um, you know, we just we always say we have to adjust, and you know, players have to do better to help the officials. That's the one so, thing. Um, I, I got to give you all credit because none of you the next day were really vocal about saying how that game was just not fun. You know, you guys kept it kept it all pre- pretty much on the down low, and that was phenomenal to uh, to see that yeah. you all just did, did what you had to do to move on to the next game. Well, here's what we both said, um, you know, and it, this was expressed. I mean, because believe me, we both we both you know made a phone call. <laughs> like, what the heck was that? Uh, but it was more. Um, if it was going to be like that, then it needs to be like that for both teams. And I think that's why there was no one – no one enjoyed, you know, just it was all free throws. No one enjoyed having everybody on the bench in foul trouble. Um, but it was more – it wasn't lopsided where somebody lost the game because the officiating was so, you know, uh, lopsided in terms of calling something at one end and not the other. It was balanced, <laughs> you know, in terms of – everything was a whistle. And, you know, it was balanced. And, and so, um, you know, and like I said, I think I think from there, you know, it's one of the things that officials are human. You know, they have bad days as well. And, uh, you know, players players played a part in it. Um, you know, I think players were being over-aggressive. And maybe in, in years past that you get to the playoffs and it was anything goes, you know, no blood, no foul kind of thing. But 
that's not how it's been officiated this year. And I think it's better for the game, you know, because you, you want that freedom of movement. You know, you, you want the flow and you want the scoring, and uh, it's exciting to watch from a fan perspective. So do you t- what do you say to somebody like, like Sill that has this, uh, con- you know, t- in- she plays so intense inside and she plays with the tenacity and then she sometimes, shall we say, commits some less than intelligent fouls? Yeah. When, so, so what, what do you say to her when you, when you, how, to emphasize how important it is that she stay on the court against the combination of, uh, posts like the Sparks has? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that kind of goes without saying, you know, I think Phil's really disappointed, um, you know, in the, in the final game, uh, out in Phoenix where she spent most of the time on the sideline, even in, in game two. I think she was a little frustrated, um, you know, kind of thinking she was getting a, a raw end of a deal, but I, you know, certainly show her video and say no this is what they're seeing and these are easy calls and you know it's it's kind of like you said you can be intense and you can be tenacious but you've got to couple that with discipline in your approach and and i i would say that that still did not get that done in uh uh, games two and especially not in game three and then you you also have to have an understanding that you know maybe if you have to save some fouls for those those calls that you know maybe um it wasn't the right call, you know, that you have to save a couple of your six. You can't you can't waste them on, you know, something far from the basket gambling, uh, you know, or just running over and, and, and being out of position. You can't waste your fouls that way. And um, I know that, you know, I'm sure that, you know, Griner was feeling the same way. You know, you, you got to save a couple, you know, because you're, you're both going at each other and, and you're going to need – sometimes you're not going to foul, but they're going to call a foul. And, and so, they, you know, I think they both got to have that – you know that that uh, mindset that you know don't waste them. You know if you're gonna if you're gonna get a foul, uh, or if you have a couple fouls, don't put yourself in situation. You you can't come over and try to block a shot. You know when you're out of position. I mean if you have two fouls, you can't try to take a charge. You gotta you know you, you just, it's one of those things you just gotta kind of do better as you weather the storm until you get more uh, where the time is on your side. You know that you've got uh, a shorter period of time to get through with with, with your foul situation. If Phil doesn't get that done in this series, it's going to be really challenging for us. There's no question about it. I think that both Phil and Neca, who will be guarding one another, um, it's going to be a challenge for them to kind of resist the urge of, because Neca is equally as aggressive um, and hungry, you know, for, um, you know, kind of the takeaways, if you will. And, and so, you know, we call them home run plays. And, and you know, so you, you can't put yourself in that situation because Neca's going to be relentless. And she's coming at you. You know, you're going to need all six of your fouls. And, you know, like you said, we've got to have her on the floor. And so hopefully she'll be able to get that done. Well, when you look at, when you look at the L.A. team and you look at NECA and you look at Candace, you know, they, they combined for 43, 44 points a game in the last series. Uh, you know, do, do you try and let, you know, do you take the approach of trying to take one away? Do you take the approach of let them get theirs and we'll stop everybody else? Or, you know, some sort of combination of trying to limit them or limit one and go from that way, that approach. Well, we've played them three times, and I would say at this point we still don't have an answer. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, there's certainly different philosophies with that. Um, you know, I think the, 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 kind of the standard answer would be we certainly want to make them earn everything that they get. Um, you know, it, it is about picking your poison. And, you know, we just haven't decided yet on, on what our poison is going to be. Um, and and that, so that's, you know, we're, we're talking just Parker and, and Agumake, but 
not only is it their scoring, but, you know, Parker's third in the league in assists, you know, leads their team in assists almost five a game. You know, um, Tolliver's got almost four a game. NECA gets three a game. Um, this is a high assist team. So it's a team that's got um, really good balance, really good balance of two-point attempts and three-point attempts, uh, you know, as far as how they derive their offense. So there's there's some real challenges, and, and uh, you know, we, we know that our, our defense is going to be uh, really, really tested. All of our schemes are going to be tested, and hopefully we'll do the same thing to them. Well, you played, like you said, three times. Now, what was interesting to me was that you won two of the three, but I think by like a combined total of five points, and the one that you lost, they buried you. So the question then becomes, hmm, which one is it really, if they win, if they're going to win, you know, is it just a case where they need to come up with those extra few points, or, you know, or, or are you just guys, are you guys both just that equal? Uh, well, I can't speak for LA in terms of what their their mindset is, but I can tell you that, um, you know, and I heard about China talking about this, and I wanted to text her, and then your comment to say that they buried us. It was actually uh, the, the final score. Final score. Final score. Um, yes. So they pulled they, away they in the end. The game, it was a, it was a possession game with with you know two and a half three minutes to go uh, when the bottom fell out and they hit you know they scored you know, in, in that two minutes they scored, you know, 13 or so points and we didn't score. Nonetheless, we got beat by 18. doesn't matter. Right. Well, i got to torment you some way, Coach. Well, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but, but uh, you know, I think the mindset for both these teams is we know how close it is. We know that there's very little margin of error. Um, if L.A. wants to think that they just got to do one or two more things, that's fine. Um, you know, we, we, we know that, you know, how, how we're going to prepare and, uh, you know, we think what the what the separators could be in the series, and, and we'll try to lock in on those things. Do you ever think you'd hear the word sparks and defense in the same sentence? But uh, as soon as I hired Brian Agler, he knew that would be the case. Yeah, I mean, he, it took him a couple, but he sure got in his teammate. He got his got in his players, got in Elena Essence, and there you go. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's, it, he's got a, a, a group that that really fits. Obviously, Neko is more than willing to do whatever. Um, you know, I think when you have someone like Elena Beard, um, you know, obviously it's Essence Carson. And, you know, it kind of looks a little bit like, you know, the, the team in Seattle, like there's different pressure points they can put on you. I mean, Tanisha Wright and Camille Little were, were you know, two of the best. And, and you kind of fed off of those. And you just need the other ones to be solid. They don't have to do anything outside of themselves. You know, I think Parker is engaged. And, you know, I think when you have that, it's, you know, I mean, I think you see that when you play that way and you can win, you know, it's contagious, you know, you want you want to keep doing it and you know, all the credit goes to Brian. Um, because he's he's the he's the thing, he's the common denominator, you know, when he wasn't there, you know. Although I you know, Carol Ross's teams were uh, I, I thought, you know, they had great seasons, they had great regular seasons and um, you know, they, they definitely were improved uh defensively. Um, you know, but but certainly Brian has been able to combine, you know, that defensive tenacity and a a discipline about what they want to do and, and uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, could easily have been coach of the year. Well, you know, one of the things, you know, as we look to wrap this up, of course, you know, I saw for four years what Maya does when Maya has to do what Maya has to do. And I think, yeah, you know, this is the kind of thing where I think all you have to say to her is, you know, they they outscored you, Maya. They they out-rebounded you combined, and, and they gave out more assists. And then Maya's going to try and take out – Go exceed what both NECA and Candace do. Uh, well, I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> I, hope, I hope it's the case where Maya just stays locked in on what we need her to do uh, for our team, and we don't pay attention to that kind of stuff. And uh, but I hear you. Now, Maya's very, very prideful. 
um, you know, and, and, you know, she knows what she's got to do, you know, for us to be successful. And uh, I'm really proud of how she's evolved as a player and, you know, gets her teammates involved and, and whatever the opponent, you know, whatever is necessary, you know, in terms of the offense or the defense, you know, she's very, very mature in, in understanding how to be efficient and wants to do it and, and wants to be the player that's, you know, doing the right things. And, um, you know, so I, I'm proud of her evolution and, and uh, you, know, you know, her season was a quiet, you know, quiet MVP-like season you know, because NECA was just historical <laughs> in her in her efforts. And, and so, um, you know, hopefully Maya will kind of continue on the path. I thought she had a great semifinal series against Phoenix, and um, we know that L.A. will pose some challenges, but uh, hopefully Maya can keep playing at that level. Well, one of the reasons that I think that you and Brian were the two top candidates for Coach of the Year was what you mentioned right there was the way that Maya has evolved her game and that, you know, you, you guys each have some of the best players in the world, and yet, you know, Lindsay, you know, you were able to get Maya more involved in handling the ball to save Lindsay. You know, Simone did more different things, you know. Maya started shooting more, you know, three-pointers with accuracy that, take, you know, to open things up for Sill. And just like they have, you know, he bought, he got Christy to buy into handling the ball. You know, you guys have managed to get these elite players to play out of their comfort zones and shine. And that's something yeah. that is rare and you guys both need to be commended for. Well, I appreciate that. I think Brian would tell you, too, that, you know, coaches can, can want something for a player uh, but ultimately, the player has to want it, and so you know the players are the one that deserve the credit for um, allowing you know uh, Brian to coach them, and you know in, in our case, you know allowing you know me to be able to be myself, and uh, you know and just embrace the things that we think are important. Um, so I think it says a lot about the people, you know, that that we're coaching, and um, you know I know our group is special, and I'm, I'm sure that you know that that group over in LA. I'm not in the trenches with them, but I suspect that when you achieve the level of success that they have, that it is a special group that you know has, like you said, bought in uh, to to what they're trying to do. Well, good luck in the final, Cheryl. It'll be great to see if this is the year that you break the even odd mix and, and, <laughs> and get that back to back that's been elusive. And you know, and and it's funny, you know, even though that the the road team won all three of their games, for some reason, I don't think you'll. Uh, You'll give up that home court advantage of a rock and target center. Well, time will tell. We're looking forward to it. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Cheryl. Take care and good luck again. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.